Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. Don't forget to subscribe and download to the podcast at Apple Podcasts and also at Spotify Podcasts. On this edition of the show, we're going to talk about some of the top Islanders prospects. I'm going to be joined by Michelle Anderson from Up the Turnpike. Anytime you want to talk about what's going on in the system for the Islanders, whether it's in colleges or at juniors or at the Islanders AHL team in Bridgeport, he is the number one source for all of the Islanders prospect news. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we're going to talk to him coming up on the Double Chili Islanders podcast. This is the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. Again, don't forget to download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Believe Podcasts. On this edition, we're going to talk Islanders prospects. And on the line with us to talk about everything going on in the Islanders system, the Islanders prospect expert from up the turnpike is Michelle Anderson. Michelle, it's Peter. Happy New Year to you, and thanks for joining me. Thank you very much, Peter, and Happy New Year to you as well. Hopefully it was an eventful new year and you started off on the right foot. Well, I sure did. As I told you off the air, my family and I rang in the new year with Billy Joel at the home of the Islanders, UBS Arena. So uh, a lot of hits going on that night that didn't involve hockey. They were all of Billy Joel's hits from his career. Amazing. Yeah, that's probably the best way to ring in the new year. Yeah, it was it was, it was was awesome. And, and, and obviously UBS Arena, for the most part this year, has been a fun place to go. The Islanders have done a good share of winning, a little bit of a of a rut right now. We'll see if they can get going, but it's always good to look into the future and see, you know, what players Islander fans could keep an eye on when it comes to future Islanders down the road. And it's it was a great time to to chat with you because we just finished the World Junior Championships. The United States team wins the the gold medal, and the Islanders had a couple of prospects on that USA team. And Danny Nelson and Quinn Finley, I know they each had a goal and an assist in the tournament. Um, from, from your perspective, how did they play and, and how excited should Islander fans be about them somewhere down the road? Comparing the two, Quinn Finley was the standout for me. And I'm sure that's no surprise to anyone who watched the tournament. Or, or, or He was just a better player and offered more going forward. Whereas Danny Nelson didn't really stand out much in my opinion i've seen some reviews on his game saying like oh he was good defensively and he stood in front of pucks cool he was there essentially when i watched him play there wasn't anything he wasn't adding much to the game it was kind of like the way we like to call it on the podcast it was a michael del cole performance where nothing out nothing happened out there either positive or negative which has its benefits but you 
not really great. There's a reason that Michael Dalcole isn't on this team or playing in the NHL right now. Because you want guys to affect the game positively. And he didn't really do that per se. Whereas Quinn Finley definitely did. And and what impressed me the most with Quinn Finley over the tournament is that he grew in it. Like The deeper they went into that tournament, the more positive impact Quinn Finley had on that game. Specifically in the gold medal game, how many opportunities did he get mm-hmm. uh, to just score a goal on a breakaway or uh, just creating chances on his own? Like the, the, He kept on getting better the longer the tournament went. And to me, that's an encouraging sign for a young player like him who's still developing and growing. And you can see the signs of that growth in him just in the microcosm of that tournament alone. For Nelson now, he's going to go back to Notre Dame and finish up the season there. In your opinion, what does he have to show the rest of this season to to make him a legitimate person that the Islanders will have on, on their radar going forward? I don't think there's much that they're saying you've got to do this, that, and the other thing. It's they're all, He's already on their radar. They really like him. That's why they drafted him in the second round. They like his versatility. Um, so I don't think they, they're, they're going to you know, have some sort of really hands-on approach into what you need to do to grow. And when I've talked to multiple prospects, that's not really the way the Islanders do it. Usually the Islanders check in every couple of months, see how they're doing. But it's not like we want you to do this, that, and the other thing. It's just play your game and then see the season through. And I think that's going to be the thing for Danny Nelson is just play a game, do what your coach wants you to do, and grow as a player and just, you know, do better, I suppose, is really the, um, lack of a better term, what they're going to want from him. And Quinn Finley returns to Wisconsin uh, for the rest of this season. In terms of Finley, did he do anything to expedite his road to Long Island? And and what about Nelson as well? Can you kind of give us a little, um, you know, look into the crystal ball? When could we project either one of them potentially being, let's say, first in AHL Bridgeport, and second of all, when they could arrive on Long Island? Yeah, well, so these guys are first-year college players, so I wouldn't expect them for another year or two. And it's not like either of them is, is dominating the college team where you're going, we've got to get this guy in the pros today. Um, so it's probably going to be another two, one to two years at the college level for these kids before maybe they turn pro and, you know, join the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, so it, it, there's nothing really screaming where they need to be a pro today and we all know Lou Lamarola's approach to just about anything right like you mm-hmm. take the time it takes uh there, there's no such thing as calling up as he would say calling up a prospect too late but there is such a thing as calling them up too early so they're going to take their time with these guys because again they're, they're not necessarily dominating the scene where you have to have these guys at the pros yesterday well Simon Holmstrom would be a great example of that the Islanders were very patient with him for a couple of years and all of a sudden he had that one explosion down at Bridgeport now he is way more than a serviceable NHL player and doing well uh, especially on on the penalty kill so there is something to be said about the Islanders having patience with some of these younger players yeah and myself included like there's a lot of us that are guilty of, of poo-pooing if you will on Simon Holmstrom because last year he didn't have a good year. The year referencing was two years ago where it seemed the game at the AHL level just slowed down for him and he was a top-tier player in that league. And then last year, that didn't really translate. And so none of us, myself included again, didn't think that Simon Holmstrom would have a big impact at the NHL level this year. And boy, was I wrong. Like, mm-hmm. he is, he looks very much, 
you know, a, a middle six player. Maybe there's a little bit more to him over the years, but right now, middle six player. And guess you need middle six players. Yeah. If this guy is going to give you five short-headed goals over the year, <laughs> that's amazing. And he's just going to get better from there. So you're right. Like that there's something to just being patient. And you know the fans will have started noticing when you start seeing Holmstrom 10 jerseys popping up in the stands. Yeah, <laughs> We're talking to Michelle Anderson from Up the Turnpike. We're talking about Islanders prospects here on the Double Chili Islanders podcast. I'm Peter Schwartz. We talked about Danny Nelson and, and Quinn Finley, but they're just two of the Islander prospects uh, that are either in college or in juniors. Let's move to the, the junior hockey scene, and obviously there's a bunch of players that the Islanders have their eyes on. Isaiah George, a defenseman, is one of them. Give me your little thumbnail sketch on how he's doing and, and maybe give us a little review on two or three other players that Islander fans should be keeping their eye on this season. Isaiah George is such a good player. His skating, we saw it at, at development camp, right? His skating and even, you know, um, in the preseason training camp. Tremendous. His skating is so good. Excellent, excellent skater. His gap control is great. Um, you won't see him put up a ton of points. That's just not his game. He's not. Uh, so he plays for the London Knights. He's not Oliver Bonk, right? Oliver Bonk is going to stand out because he's going to put up a ton of points. They played yesterday, and London scored. Uh, it was eight goals. I think they won eight three or something like that. And Bonk had a ton of points in that game. Isaiah George had the one. That's it, and it was a plus one. So it wasn't an eventful game, if you will, on the stat sheets for him. But what he does is everything else. Again, the gap control, the skating, the heads-up play, the ability to relieve pressure in the defensive zone and put it forward for someone else to create offense. It's not sexy in terms of the stat sheet, but it's vital to the benefit of any hockey team out there. And this kid is going to be really good as a pro. Can he be a really good NHLer? Remains to be seen. But he, he, there's definitely a pro hockey player there. Yeah, in in, tr in training camp, and uh, it looked to me like he, not that he was really NHL ready, but it looked he was not out of place. He looked the part of where he was. Obviously, he still needs some more time at junior hockey. But it, it was to me at least watching a lot of the training camp, it didn't look to me like he was out of place. No, and that's the thing. He's got those raw translatable skills. Where exactly like you're saying, we can still build on that, right? Like especially frame and and just other positioning type of systematic, you know, schematics, if you will, learning where to be at what time. But he's got the raw skills where this other stuff can be can be taught easily. The other things you you can't teach the the type of skating he's got and just the hockey IQ he has. You, you can't teach that. Is he now eligible at the end of junior season this year? Well, could, could he possibly join Bridgeport this year after the junior season is done? I believe he can. Uh, I'm just trying to check on his age because I forget exactly when his birth date is. Uh, I believe he's 20. He turns 20 in February. So, yes, he'll be el eligible for the AHL next year. Uh, so that'll be so, – uh, but he could join Bridgeport this season because sometimes we've seen – junior players or college players get done the AHL season's still going on and maybe he joins Bridgeport for a, you know a little cup of coffee at the end of this year right that that's certainly a possibility uh but London's probably going to go in London is always a really good team at the OHL level mm -hmm. they're always in the playoffs so how long their season is might change that um so I, I don't want to say yes for sure uh but yeah it, it's possible I guess well, we'll have to see what happens there. Michelle Anderson from Up the Turnpike 
is our guest here on the Double Chili Islanders podcast. So uh, give us a, a thought on maybe uh, you know a couple of other uh, prospects the Islanders have at juniors that, um, that that we should keep an eye on this year. If you're not already following Alex Jeffries, do that yesterday. Uh, this kid is absolutely lights out at the college level right now, 16 points in 14 games for Merrimack. Uh, he was their leading scorer last year with 41 points in 38 games. Uh, he is amazing. His skating is great. His offensive play is great. He's a really smart player who plays in all three situations and has since being a true freshman. Right? I remember speaking to Scott Boric, who was their head coach, and he was ranting and raving in a, po- a very positive way about Alex Jeffries the moment he laced up his skates for Merrimack. Um, he said he's one of the smarter kids in, in the league in terms of just his hockey play. Uh, and whenever I speak to Alex Jeffries, the kid always has something smart to say in terms of just his own development. If you're not following Alex Jeffries, do so now. The only problem with that is, is he's in year four, right? So or yeah, year four of his college career, he's going to be going pro soon. <laughs> is he going to be with the Islanders or not? There's a worry there that he might end up going as a free agent. Uh huh. Um, so, so they have to make it. So they got to make a decision on him pretty soon. Yes. Now that hasn't happened much under Lou Lamorello. Usually, if Lou Lamorello drafts a player, he ends up coming in under the fold as a pro. I think you can count on one hand the number of kids he's drafted as an Islander GM that haven't gone pro in some way, shape, or form for the Islanders. I think Ben Maragis is the only one. Now, an example of what you're talking about, about a player who the Islanders drafted, and then there was a worry that he could go free agent or maybe back in the draft, was William Dufour, who the Islanders wound up signing uh, last year or the year before, and now he's playing at Bridgeport. Got one NHL game last year. So as we turn our attention to the Bridgeport Islanders of the American Hockey League, William Dufour is obviously somebody to continue keeping your eye on. Uh, he had a, a really nice power play goal this week uh, for Bridgeport. And Matthew Maggio is another player that's a rookie um, in the AHL, just came back from an injury. But the player I think a lot of Islander fans are really focused on is is is, is someone who I had on the podcast last week, and that's uh, Ruslan Ishakov, and he is going to be another uh, another once again he'll be an AHL All Star. He's had four or five overtime goals this year. How do you look at him, and is he someone that the Islanders could look to even even this year if they need reinforcements to bring somebody up from Bridgeport? If they need someone to step in uh, in, in the top nine, that, that's someone that they'll look to. But I, I said it on the podcast because a lot of people ask. It's going to take a number of injuries before they, they call this kid up, in my opinion. I know everyone's looking at like this nine-game point streak, and that's wildly impressive. And I've been batting the drum for Rustin Shikov for years now, uh, but the Islanders don't seem ready to be calling him up, and there's there's no there's no need right now. I know everyone's saying, well, they're not winning necessarily. Why not call a guy up who can score goals or or at least create them? The the, the problem with the New York Islanders isn't that they can't necessarily score goals; it's they can't stop them from going in and bringing in someone like Rustin Shikov isn't necessarily going to help that. Um, so it, it's going to take two to three injuries to the Islanders' top six or top nine before they even consider calling him up. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to mm-hmm. see him this year. Do we see him ever? I hope so. But I think at this point what we're looking at is increased trade value, sadly. Now, I mentioned William Dufour, and obviously he came up for the one game 
last year, made a you know a mistake and didn't see the ice again the rest of the game. And the knock on him has been you know his skating. And I know that he worked hard this past off season to improve that skating. Have you seen that this year for him in Bridgeport? Absolutely, he's got that extra step in his skate that as someone who whose game is entirely built on his shot, which isn't a knock at all. Like if, if any of us could have that kind of shot, we'd be very glad to have it. Uh, but for someone whose game is predicated on his ability to shoot the puck really well, you need that extra step to create the space to unleash that shot. And without that skating ability, he was losing that space. Now that he's got it, he's gaining the space to, to unleash said shot. Uh, and while the stats aren't necessarily there for Williams full, when you look at his his shot or sorry his points total at the AHL level this year, he's turned it around recently. Uh, Williams full was playing really well. Just last night, he got himself a power play goal mm-hmm. because he put himself in a good position. Right, the play was on the other side, and Otto Koivula was trying to jam it in down low, and the puck just broke to a soft area on the other side of the net where Williams full smartly just kind of put himself in so he didn't have to do much but if he didn't think about going there there's no way he's in a position to score that goal it was an easy goal but he made it easy because of his decision making process you know i didn't have otto koivula on my list of players to ask you about but as long as you brought him up and i know we've seen him up with the islanders before but now you know from the last time he was with new york you know, Matt Martin is still having his injury issues, so is Cal Clutterbuck, and they're, they're both going to be free agents after this year, and you wonder if that'll be the last we'll see of them with the Islanders. Is Otto Koivula still uh, a target for the Islanders to, to be with the NHL team and, and perhaps be a part of a new fourth line somewhere down the road? Oh, I don't know about that. Like yeah. The one thing I do know about Otto Koivula is that his freaking – Frequent ferry miles must be amazing. Like his trips back and forth yeah. from Long Island to Connecticut are legendary. Um, but this isn't a kid who's, and he's no longer a kid. What is he? Twenty-four years old now. Born in twenty, no, drafted in twenty sixteen. Like he's been here for a long time. Um, he's not necessarily getting better. He's a good AHL player. Does that translate at the NHL level? We haven't seen that in the number of games he's had. But this is a guy who could maybe play center on the fourth line. So maybe mm-hmm. they give him a look next year, um, but maybe they should give him a look now. They've had to completely shuffle their lines. With You mentioned Matt Martin out, Kyle Clutterbuck, and now Casey Zekas, right? Matthew mm-hmm. Barzal's on playing third line center. Um, maybe they should give this guy a call just to kind of keep their top nine a little bit more balanced, but... He's not even getting the call up there, so I think that speaks for itself in how the Islanders view him. And I wanted to ask about Matthew Maggio, and uh, he joins Bridgeport this year. I mentioned before he was out for a while with an injury and and just came back. And the thing we heard about Maggio from his junior days, he was a captain, and we heard how great of a leader he was. And maybe that is something that can translate from juniors into the AHL and ultimately to the NHL. What have you seen from Maggio so far, and, and is he someone that, that Islander fans uh, should be hopeful for that they may see on Long Island at some point? I think they should. Now, of course, you look at his stat sheet, and it's not great. He's got like eight points in 25 to 26 games. I'm just not sure if my spreadsheet is completely up to date in terms of the games played, but eight points because he didn't score yesterday. But this is a kid who continuously works hard uh, to get better. And, and that, that's exactly what you want to see from, from anyone, but specifically a kid who's taking his first steps 
as a pro, right? This is his first year as a pro. Um, and, he, you know, he's not scoring a lot, but again, he's getting himself in those positions. Just yesterday on that power play, he's in the bumper position, kind of like where Bohorvat plays for the Islanders. Um, and he got himself at least three opportunities on a single power play. Now, they didn't go in, but you want to see a player get his chances. And Matthew Maggio is getting those. Mm-hmm. And he's still learning. He's still such a young player, and he's going to get better. Uh, his ability to score at the OHL level last year was insane. 111 points in 66 games. It was ridiculous what he was doing. And I don't want to hear nothing about like, oh, he was playing with Shane Wright, because he wasn't. He was doing this all on his own. Yes, he was an older player, but not every older player puts up this kind of production. He was doing it all on his own with just his uh, tenacity, his, his skating ability, which is NHL level, I'm not going to say he's an amazing skater, but he's a pretty good one. Um, he's got all the tools to get himself into a third-line role at the NHL level, um, which you'll take, man. Anyone will take that. Last question, uh, Michelle. We're talking to Michelle Anderson from Up the Turnpike on this Islanders Prospects edition of the Double Chili Islanders podcast. Um, Lou Lamorello has not been shy about trading away first-round draft picks, and did it again last year in the Bo Horvat trade uh, near the deadline. And, and I know we still have a ways to go this year, and we'll have to see what holes the Islanders would like to try to fill as the trading deadline approaches and if they stay in, in playoff contention, which I, I think that they will. Let's look ahead to the 2024 NHL draft. Is this a year that the Islanders could afford to give away another first-round pick, or is this a year that, you know, under no circumstances do you want to give up a first-round pick because it's a, a deep prospect pool. What, what would be your thoughts if you were the GM and, and you had a first-round pick in hand? I don't think people are going to like this, but if, if I was the GM, I, I would trade that first-round first pick. Unless you're drafting first overall, just, just move it. For a team who's in compete now, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to supplement the current roster. And unless you're drafting first overall, you're not getting a player that's going to fit on the – NHL roster tomorrow. And even then, you can argue that Calabrini isn't going to be an NHLer day one. Maybe because he's going to be drafted by a really, really bad team. Um, but for the Islanders, he, w- he wouldn't fit in the lineup day one. He just wouldn't. Um, so for me, you, you got to trade that if you can get NHL caliber talent tomorrow. If you can trade it for, let's say, Trevor Zegers, and I'm not saying they're, they're chasing him, I have no knowledge of that, but if you can get Trevor Zegers by moving a first-round pick, you do it, right? This is a 22, 23-year-old player. There seems to be a little smoke with that discussion, because we've seen a number of reports that the Islanders are looking at him. Yeah, so if that's who they're looking at, and they should, right, because he's got the talent level, and he's got the right age, because right? we're looking to get a little bit younger, Right, we want to extend that window as long as possible. I don't know. Some people argue, but the window isn't open at all. But I, I would disagree. Um, so if you're going to be trading for someone of that caliber, yeah, you have to do it because you, if you're drafting, they're not going to tank. They're not going to be drafting first overall, not even in the top three. Um, so you're drafting middle of the pack. Well, you're not getting someone who's going to hit the NHL roster for two to three years at best. That doesn't help you now. No. It doesn't help you for two to three years. So. Why keep it at that point? Good point there. Michelle, how could people find your work and, and your reviews on the Islanders' prospects? So you can sign up for Up the Turnpike. It's a Patreon podcast where we do post-art 
post-game content. We do live game content. Like, we're going to be watching the Leafs game today on our Discord channel, uh, two podcasts a week. Or you can get all of my just NHL content at oddsharks.com. I'm um, sorry, odd shark singular. And then on Twitter at TLO Mitch. That's where you can get all my stuff. It is always a pleasure to talk Islanders prodca- uh, p- uh, prospects with you. Uh, Michelle, thanks so much for a few minutes. And uh, again, Happy New Year. And looking forward to talking again somewhere down the road. Thanks for having me, Peter. And Happy New Year to you, too. Michelle Anderson from Up the Turnpike has been my guest here on the Double Chili Islanders podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe and download the podcast at Apple Podcasts and also at Spotify Podcasts. I'm Peter Schwartz. Thanks for listening to the Double Chili Islanders podcast. And we'll catch you again soon, Islanders country. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.